Yes. Honey's here and Shariah. Say hi, Shariah. Hey, guys. And Jermaine. What up? And we also have today as our guest, we need sound effects too, like jungles and claps. We have Raphael right with us, um, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Say hello. Yo. Yo. <laughs> How y'all doing today? Great, great. You yeah. still over there? I'm still trying hurt. to figure it out. <laughs> Try trying to figure out some flight logistics. <sighs> Jermaine seems to be fine. Yes. Raphael just came back from a trying. Oh, they both came back from, from a trying road trips. Yes. No so. again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Believe me. So our question of the day. We kind of have a two part question. So one, what has been the best part of you all summer so far? Uh, it could be business related or not business related. And what are you doing to prep for the final and third quarter of the year? We are coming up on October. Final, not third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah, I am about to say definitely quarter. Is our fourth. <laughs> um, the fourth quarter of the later. year. So, who wants to start? Um, I'll go. Uh, I've had a really good summer. Um, 27. That was a very interesting turn day. Up. You 27, the, Lord. Bro, the, accidental, more years. Shut up. the accidental turn up. <laughs> Um, the accidental death of all three yes. of us. Girl. Um, yeah, it's been a really good summer. Um, I've picked up some new clients, um, had some very interesting conversations with people, um, very interesting experiences. Planning the fourth quarter into 2018, I definitely, one of my newest tangible goals is I want to have my brick and mortar agency space by either 30 or graduation, whichever comes first. So, um, I am working on that, solidifying the plans for that. Also, um, and this is kind of this was kind of a surprise for me and Sharia, but we're pretty much at the end of our dishes, like class-wise dissertation process. So we actually have to start doing real work soon. Mm-hmm. What y'all mean surprise? Because we thought way, we had more classes. Yeah, we thought we had oh, more classes. Oh, but y'all have any more classes. I have one more. Break. She <laughs> just finished her last class. Yeah. I have one Ooh, more. But one step yeah. closer to graduation. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's right. It can get there. Right. So if I can get there, so I can get back. Yeah. So that's Maine's Maine's life. Maine's modern life. Yeah. Raphael. What's been the best part of your summer? Uh, well, yesterday was supposed to have been right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, uh, I traveled to uh, Carbondale, Illinois, to experience the full eclipse. So that was supposed to have been um, the highlight because I had some spiritual emptiness, so mm. I wanted to fill that void. I feel that. Um, I, I guess that was you know outside of just all of the outpouring of love and support, and um, you know just wake awakening that our community has had with what I'm trying to do. Mm. Um, yesterday was supposed to top it off. Uh, <laughs> it, I mean, I, it, I guess it still did. You know what I mean? And you I'm, saw it. So. I saw it and it was like the dopest the dopest thing ever. Like it literally got like it looked like it was like nine PM mm. at like one PM. That's lit. So this full eclipse it did it did something to me. Um and uh that that that's the highlight of my summer so far. I'm uh just in always work mode. I work like twenty eight hours a day. You know, I make I make right, so we all make them them extra hours to get it in. Yeah. So, um, the the whole summer just really been lit. Just everybody I've been meeting, meeting you all, and doing this stuff like this has been my um, it's been my uh, extreme pleasure. 
But uh, yeah, yesterday watching this eclipse, um, you know, once in a lifetime type of event that was pretty cool. Once every hundred years. Yeah. yeah so, um, and I guess the second part is uh, what am I doing to prepare? Um, you know, staying ready, so I ain't got to get ready. You know, just staying on the move and uh, continuing to push the culture forward, and you know, just trying to make my mama proud. That's so, the yes. move. Um, my best part. I don't know. I've been to a lot of concerts and festivals. Yeah. So I would say seeing Jeezy. <laughs> Y'all ain't burnt out from Jeezy. What? Never. 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 These two love. Jeezy. But I would say. The best part would probably be seeing SWV uh, mm. because it was unexpected. Yeah, they were just part of Pharrell's set. Set, so that was cool. Um, preparing for this third and final quarter, or fourth and final quarter. <laughs> okay. Um, really, I've been chilling. I don't think I've really done anything to prepare because I feel mm-hmm. like I tried to prepare for the beginning of the year and it didn't work. So I was just like, I'm just not going to play no, this year. With the <laughs> but I mean, I've been meeting with new clients um, and getting stuff done with my business. But no real like plans, no goals other than graduation, I think is where my main focus is. Probably be done by next Ooh, year. A big but we'll see. The eclipse might have, you know, got you together. I think yeah. the eclipse messed me up because I feel like today just been all bad. <laughs> I feel like time been moving slower since this eclipse. Tell yeah, me about for it. sure. Um, the best part of my summer. Probably just all the, I keep saying this, all the organized parties and turnips we've had. Like, this summer has for sure been, like, the year of organized turnips. Usually it's just, like, what you doing? What you doing? Okay, I'm about to come over. But this summer, like, we actually had planned social affairs. So that was fun. I threw a house party-ish, kind of. It was a potluck that turned into a kind of house party. Um, And what am I doing to prep for the third and final quarter of the year? Not a damn thing. Um... Stacking money, I got an extra job, so I just need to save money and sit in the house and be a hermit. So, I probably won't see me for the fourth, fourth and final quarter, not third quarter, fourth quarter of <laughs> 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 this year. Um, shout out to 2018, y'all see me next year. <laughs> All right, so some hot topics and city updates. Um, there are not many events going on in the city in the next couple of weeks, um, a bunch of parties, but y'all can find your own parties. Um, Dally in the Alley is coming up September 9th. That is always one fun. Favorites. One of my favorites of the year. Probably my favorite Detroit festival of the year, even though it's only one day. So Dally in the Alley will be September 9th from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. That's all over Midtown. Not really all over Midtown. It's on like... It's on like three streets. Three streets in Midtown. Um, in an alley. In, in, an, in an alley. <laughs> Y'all will find it once you get to Midtown. Um, the Vault of Midnight, my favorite comic book store downtown, they have uh, free movies monthly. So Thursday, August 31st at 7 p.m. Um, at the Skillman Library branch that's downtown on Library Street. They will be showing a scary movie called They Live. Um, yeah, some scary old classic movie. And it's free. They give you free admission, free popcorn, snacks. Y'all should take advantage. It's a cute little date night idea, I think. Yeah. All right. So some current events and hot topics. So apparently there is a teacher shortage this fall in Detroit. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Um, there are 340 vacancies. That is up from just 200 vacancies this same time last year. 
Uh, no, they did just have a job fair. Yep. Um, I think it was the beginning of this month. Or yeah, it was the end August of, 9th, I believe. Yeah, and they um, hired 150 people. They're still short 340. They have, they're in the hiring process of hiring like 60 or so of those people that they got yeah. past like the first round of hirings um, with hopes to hire all of them. So they're pre-screening, I guess. And then they're going to have another teacher job fair August 31st. Um, we can tweet you guys out the link to that. Um, but the major needs for teachers in DPS right now are in math, science, English and language arts, special education, music, Spanish, K through five, regular elementary homerooms, um, social studies, and a career technical education. So basically everything. So every single last <laughs> subject DPS needs teachers for. We have 340 vacancies this year, guys. Please, if you have any part-time availability or you are looking for a job and you have teaching experience or maybe you don't even have teaching experience because technically it's not required. Um, I mean, we've talked about this in yeah. several different episodes. Yeah. Um, with our experience with DPS, going to DPS, on people teaching DPS, parents, family, whatever. And it's very interesting to see the transition. Um, and I've talked about this before. The DPS problem is not a new problem. It's just a new problem. It's newly aware, if that makes sense. Like, I think it's more exposure. Yeah, mean. like leadership in DPS has known about a problem. This financial issue, this teacher shortage issue. Um, I've had my mom and I in DPS for like 40 years individually um, and they've been in administration in DPS so they it's it's not a new problem it's just that exposure and I think um, who's being exposed to it yeah. as well is changing the face of the problem and the activity and the involvement in you know uh, making sure it's no longer a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's been a problem since we were kids. Like, yeah. Even us at Go Lightly, we was like 45 kids in a classroom. If that ain't a shortage, I really you don't know, know yeah. what it is. And that was like 15 years ago because yeah, we got no longer. <laughs> so hopefully anyone who's listening right now makes it a priority to get out to this teacher fair because we don't want these kids starting school without without teachers. teachers. It's, a, it's bad enough they don't have uh, the supplies, the books, the schools, the schools <laughs> that they need to get to. Um, which Not is another thing teachers. too. A lot. Shout out to all the people on the timeline who have been doing like events and back to school drives and right. different things like that, just to donate school supplies, um, support whatever you know, whatever you can do. Even if you can't be a teacher, you can you know donate book bags, um, pe- even pencils. A pack of pencils. You never know how long that can go. Yeah. And even if it's not teaching, like, you know, there's plenty of mentoring opportunities. Yeah. A lot of companies, my nameless company that I work for during the day does, <laughs> does a project. Your day job. Does a, a project with DPS. They got kids from, I think, coding somewhere. But yeah, it's all about so. doing your research and seeing what's out there because there are a lot of opportunities out there for you to yeah. support and volunteer. Yes. So moving right along to a little bit of business news. So the Village Voice, which is one of New York City's like most famous and historical print publications, periodicals, is ending its print run after 61 years. Did they say why? Uh, just because the readership, I guess, has gone down. It's more expensive to run a print publication nowadays. So everything is going to be online. It's going to be an online brand now. It's not really going to be a periodical. Um, so they're going to have like sponsored content. They're going to have guest contributors, more more guest contributors. Um, so the Village Voice is no longer going to A lot be of publications have gone that route. I think it's Jet who mm-hmm. stopped 
um, doing print mm-hmm. magazines and transition to online only yep. content. Teen Vogue um, only does four issues a, a year. year. Yeah. Now everything else is online, so the switch to online and paperless is economical. I'll say it's economical and good for the environment. Yeah. But like, damn, I'm gonna miss like reading a newspaper. And but when you think about, though. yeah. yeah. When you think about just how the world and technology and society has shifted from mm-hmm. looking at online as this other entity, like, you know, no, online is going to fade and mm-hmm. it's just going to be a fad. And yeah. to now everything is based predominantly online. Yeah. I just can, hate that the millennials are going to get the bad, bad, yeah. bad end the of the stick on this. Oh, we killed the millennials. We killed Applebee's and magazines. <laughs> <laughs> everything is our fault. <laughs> Applebee's and magazines dying and it's all our fault. <laughs> All right. Lastly, for business, Michigan medical marijuana dispensaries may be closing due to new licensing regulations. I saw that today. Apparently, the state government is going to require the dispensaries to get special license to open, which, you know, is fine. It's cool. But these dispensaries will probably have to close either immediately or sometime in in September. It's early September. It's like September 5th or something. Early September. Um, they don't have enough time to really do anything. To do anything. So it's going to cause a lot of medical marijuana patients who have prescriptions for the medicine or who have serious conditions, such as like seizures and epilepsy, um, some people with uh, other nervous system conditions, to not have their medicine from September until... Whenever they get Until probably 2018, yeah. <sighs> because they're not... Because the dispensaries won't be able to get licensed until December. So say what you want about marijuana period but I kind of feel real bad for these people who need it. As usual, Michigan's government is trash. I feel it again. And I feel bad for the people that like own these places. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's your business. Like you didn't walk away from your job and now like this has become your primary source of income and Michigan is just like no. Well, (laughs) <laughs> these have already closed because of the law that they put in place, I think, earlier last year, where they couldn't be in a certain feet within a school, church, or a government building. Yeah, and I mean, like facing yeah. in the city is one of those on every block. Exactly. So, yeah. a lot of I thought, and I thought that was, like, just Detroit. I was in Indiana, and it was, like, a church, and then across the street was a liquor store. I was like, oh, okay. It's everywhere. <laughs> All right, that's the end of our Hot Topics, guys. As usual, if you have any events that are coming up, please do not hesitate to send them to us. You can tweet them to us or email them to us. Um, now we're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back. Turn and up. we're going to introduce Raphael. And let him talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Jermaine, one-third of the New Kids. And I just want to remind you to check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes at The New Kids LLC. Follow us on social media, Twitter at The New Kids LLC. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you want to be on our show, you can email us at thenewkidsllc at gmail.com. Once again, that's thenewkidsllc at gmail.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. And so we're back, and we're now going to get to know our guest, uh, Raphael Wright. So we had him send over a bio, and this is probably the most amazing bio I've ever yes. seen. <laughs> so it looks like you started off um, young, age 13. Yeah. eBay stores. Yeah. All right. So um, you started off pretty young, got a lot of uh, different businesses here that we'll, we'll kind of go over. So we'll start with, um, if you want to just do kind of an introduction of yourself, let them know who you are. All right. Do. All right. Uh, my name is Raphael Wright. Um, 
East Sider. Uh, hey, turn up East Side in the right. building. Rose eyes to the top of my head. Right. I feel like East Side be winning. All these, mm. all these every episode. East Side in here. We will. Uh, we winning again. One yes. more for the good guys from the East Side, East Warren. Um, when I speak of like my childhood, um, I, I can't. I can't lie like the rappers and say, yeah, you know, uh, I, I grew up bold and my teacher told me I wasn't going to be I grew up both of my parents, um, a very good neighborhood in the Chandler Park area, um, tons of families around me outside of my own family, um, well-structured, um, you know, very, very purpose-driven growing upbringing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it, it made me who I am today and those same values I live by to this day and that I'm going to try to instill into my futures. Um, I went to King High School uh, 2007. I graduated. Jesus Christ, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, you know, kind of fast forward into just currently, um, I never left the city and I take great pride in, in saying that when so many uh, of people our age, um, they they left. They didn't have opportunity, or they, they didn't see opportunity. Um, I stayed in the fire. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I saw uh, our house burning down as a city. You know what I'm saying? I was here, you know, getting my bones. You know what I mean? And making, you know, making do with what was here and now. You know, is rebounded. At least in you know the 7.2 where everybody is down here now. Everybody's coming back and, um, you know, trying to get that opportunity. And I just feel like I've been grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. So I know the game. I know the city. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, that's where it is. You know, born and raised, never left, never will. Um, Detroit is in my blood, is in my heart. And I want to save every hood, but I'm saving this one first. To, you know, the, the inner city of Detroit. And then, you know, from there, wherever the opportunities lie. Sound like a hustler. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. That's you know all capital letters. Oh, <laughs> uh, like I wore my mechanic Detroit hustler yeah, shirt. I need to Just get rid of those. I was the first person to buy this joint. <laughs> I was the you first put, put person. This on. I was the first person to buy this. Shout out to Kari. Um, he he on tour right now with uh, Days Low. Mm. They tearing it oh, down. Yeah. They tearing it down. So I was the first person to buy this joint. But yeah, I've been. I've been hustling since sliced bread. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was I was eBay before it was cool. You know what I mean? Like growing up in the hood, you don't have business figures. You just got the dope man, mm-hmm. the mechanics, and you know you got those people. I always knew that, and maybe I'm just like an old soul, but I liked the byproduct of what they did, but I just kind of knew it was something off. You know, that didn't stop me from trying it, right? Mm-hmm. But I knew that Better Pastures was in the legit world. So, um, I, you know, you, you know, you take your left turns, but for the most part, I always knew more money and more opportunity was legit. So um, I slipped and fell into something called the internet at 13, and I slipped and fell into something called eBay. You know, before anything, before every anybody was doing it, I was one of the first individuals, and I'm from the hood that was doing it. How was that experience for you? Like, just kicking off everything right from the ground up. So young. Yeah. It was. I mean, it, 
I don't want to make it seem like I'm just like a prodigy flower child, but it wasn't like exciting. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, it was just, it was you just kind of jumping formation. You know, I knew that what this was wasn't what everybody was doing. You know, one, at my age, we wasn't doing it at all. Yeah. You know, you we was focusing on playing basketball, um, you know, trying to get some shoes for my parents, cleaning up for allowance, and I just saw the bigger fish, and I said, I can make some money, you know, doing this. That's and crazy that you had that train of thought at 13, because, mm-hmm. I mean, even now, 13-year-olds ain't thinking about the big mm-hmm. fish or the big picture. I don't remember mm-hmm. what I was thinking about at 13. I, I don't think I was thinking about anything. Like, <laughs> I think boys may have still been, like, semi-gross at 13. I mean, I was writing business plans at 13, but... <laughs> I was reading. I was reading. I mean, like, I had an idea of what I wanted to do at 13. Like, I always kind of knew, like, I wanted to help people. Like, that's always just been my thing. But pretty sure I was still a tomboy at that time, running outside, getting dirty, playing football and stuff. But... Yeah. Definitely not. My, my first trap was actually before that. I remember. Um, I know we all, you know, similar in age. So I know y'all remember to, you know, fill up the bag with Kool Aid and yes. sugar. <laughs> sugar. So I went to Folch Middle School, and um, to start our seventh grade school year, I, that was just what everybody was doing. So, because um, I don't know why these teachers thought they were so smart, or maybe they just really was being extra. But they had some type of study with what study I don't know but they sent all of the students home with this letter like get to see your parents and the letter was pretty much saying that we found a correlation between hyperactivity and this sugar Kool-Aid stuff <laughs> that your kids is, 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 is digesting right so if we catch a kid with this bag they getting suspended or they going oh, to Kool-Aid, d- detention wow. or something like that so um I saw opportunity and it came because it was it wasn't cool to carry a book bag, right? Like when I was in middle school, you one either didn't carry books or you carried all of them like a dummy. You had eight hours, <laughs> you had eight school hours worth of books in your hand instead of just doing what God gave us the book bag for a reason. But you got clowned for the book bag. Um, I wasn't the coolest kid, but I took martial arts, so I think people just kind of left me alone. Mm-hmm. So I could carry the book bag, and I had, like, the joint with the wheel. So I was wheeling mine, <laughs> and then nobody messed with me. But I started to put it together. I'm like, and it was, like, real, like, Tony Montana's cocaine cowboy thinking I'm like, <laughs> I can I can bag it up, and I can sneak it in. Like, I can sneak it in. You know, my, my father was cool with the security guard at the door. I could get it past her. Like, I'm thinking like a real kingpin I'm gonna get the Kool-Aid <laughs> in the school right and that same day I got like my allowance or whatever like that Friday went and bagged up like <laughs> I bagged up all this Kool-Aid and sugar snuck it in that Monday and it was just kind of like fiend and like everybody just flocked to you flocked to me so then I just kind of knew like one night that was my first experience with independence like having a job probably wouldn't bring that euphoria but at the same time um that was my first uh introduction in entrepreneurship which you know groomed me for ebay the next year and then uh from there it just kind of was the rest of history like so you 
later later on launched uh, Plug Media. It's a uh, hip was a hip hop centered collective. Yeah, it's still operating. It's still, still operating. It's still okay. operating. Um, so uh, in college, well, I can go before that. Um, I wrote a book called How to Hustle. How to um, hustle, entrepreneurial lessons, principles, and strategies from street hustlers in America's urban underground economy. That right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I started writing that book informally from like that time in middle school up until I graduated college mm-hmm. um, without really knowing I was writing it, I was writing it because I would keep notebooks I'm real detail oriented so when I have like a good experience or a bad one or anything um, if I see it being repetitive I see it happening over and over again I log it so um, I would just have notebooks and notebooks of me logging different experiences from a customer standpoint mm-hmm. from you know uh, when I started buying like the knockoff Cardis online and the dudes in the joints, the the the, yeah, the the parties, right? <laughs> Jesus! But I would you would spend fifty bucks and sell them on eBay for like eight hundred. You know? So, but you know, finding the right suppliers mm-hmm. and the dudes in the don'ts, how to send the money over there. Like I would log all of these experiences. Um, when I got in college. Um, I was in my career already. I was already doing what I wanted to do. So college is kind of like just an empty place. I'm just wasting my time, mm-hmm. picking up all this debt. But I wanted to do something. And one day I woke up and said, I want to, you know, write a book about, you know, all of these experiences that I've had and all the ways I've logged them. I want to turn them into like an easy to read manual for mm-hmm. the streets. And, um, Hence, how the hustle was created. Um, I knew that it would probably be close to impossible to find a publisher, somebody that would publish their work. So, hence, created Plug Media, which was the um, the, the the publishing art for how to hustle. But then I started dibbling and dabbing into um, other hip hop media. So then it just kind of grown and flourished from there. That's crazy. I wrote a book. Couldn't find nobody to publish my so book. Made my own publishing my own company. Book. That's how you say it. So what uh, what college did you go to? I went to Mary Grove, hey, which is kind of sucky because um, they they just did they, away with their undergrad, undergrad program. program. I saw that, and it's just like you know, do away with my debt. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, take this debt back. I, you know, I stayed in the city and picked up an Ivy League debt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Marygrove is expensive, but mm-hmm. I went to Marygrove. Uh, I was there five years, um, from 07 to 2012. Um, I did a few courses in like an MBA program at Walsh, but like I said, I'm already in my career, so it was kind of me going backwards. You know, and I, you know, that's if, if I have any advice, anybody in the entrepreneurial field don't go to college for it like just do it you know not waste all that bread and that money and that energy because you spend all that energy stressing over time papers and other stuff the stuff that you are already doing or could just you know go online and learn how to do on your own you know if business is about making money you can make that easy especially in this era with the with the digital push that we're in yeah but i went i went to mary grove and uh finished out there so i got my ba my bba business administration bachelor's degree there so so how did you um how did you stay focused like with school and trying to write this book 
your other companies? What 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 methods did you use, or what would you suggest to others that are trying to do the same type of thing? School was easy, so it really wasn't about focus. Um, education overall is about like retention anyway. So um, I got a good memory; I can remember stuff. So stressing over like tests and all of that, I never had those issues. Um, but I. My teachers and the administration there like saw something different in me, mm. so I kind of got the 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 red carpet rolled out for me. Even in high school, it was kind of like that. I really just kind of went with the flow. I didn't really have those those struggles because I was always in the right place with the right group of people. Mm. Um, I was in a, a BPA in high school, so I ended up getting the office job. I worked in the main office and. Um, pretty much was just my way of being able to skip school. You know, I didn't have to go to class no more because <laughs> that's the office boy. You know, you're going to pass him regardless right. because, and you know, and I never forget, well, I can't, uh, this is uh, history for my class. So the, 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 the assistant principal, there was four assistant principals at King's. I went to King. Um, the, the way that it was set up was during finals, you give your final to the assistant principal and she's supposed to personally print it out and give it to you. But I was the office boy, so I would do all the printing. But she was so lazy, she gave me the final. So I just <laughs> took everybody final. I printed out their copies and I printed out a few for myself. <laughs> and then I went and sold them all. Like I sold the finals to the students and <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm the crook that got in, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um I ended up paying for prime and all of that off of that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Hey. Just, you know, so where you fit in, but you learn that's those are the experiences that you learn at school really can't teach you that, you know. And I'm like a real reserved guy, I don't really, you know, open up and have conversations with people if I don't know them and but yet I was that courageous to say, you know what, I, you know, y'all can pop me right now. Somebody can tell on me anything, <laughs> but I'm gonna take that chance because I was just the end. I was a sneaky dude, like you, you know. You thought I was just innocent, all that, and I'm. It's always the quiet. And I'm banging the final behind y'all back, making it so. <laughs> but that, but you know, I guess getting back to the point, it just really wasn't ever. It was a breeze, mm-hmm. but be, it was because of how you position, my, you know, you position yourself. Yeah, you knew your strengths and you knew your weaknesses, and it sounds like you upplayed your strengths a lot. You know, so that's you know that's that's for anybody you know always you know look at yourself as something to a benefit of some sort and you know play that to the end you know because it'll take you places you can't grades they don't end they don't they don't make you or break you it, it's cool to get that a but it's better to get that that job C's get degrees employers don't look at your transcripts for real they but do no. not care so Why you know absolutely um so how did you go from you know, like plug media, your eBay, eBay store to um, us foods. What what sparked that? Um, so it, you know, everything's been like socially, consciously, just been a, a, a elevation for me. I'm just real blessed to not be just that hood rat that I've been destined to be. You know, like I never left the inner city, I never left the hood, but yet. 
my values have just increased. I'm not just a typical guy in the hood, like, that care about buffs and care about cars and, you know, four or five women and just, you know, being rich, I really always value wealth, but I've also valued health. I've also valued, you know, spiritual strength and all of that stuff. I'm the, I'm the eyeball out of my crew. Because I'm in the crew of hood rack dudes that <laughs> everybody get money, everybody, you know, want to live it up. And I'm the guy, I'm like Sharif on Minister Society. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, you um, going to make it out. I'm, I'm nah, brother, we can't do that, you know. <laughs> but but it's, it's cool now because everybody that y'all look up to, and I, when I say I'm speaking like my friends and people like not even my friends, like the Jay-Z's and the Diddy's and all of that. Mm-hmm. Now they talking about what I've been talking about for five, six, mm-hmm. seven years. Like, they talking about credit. <laughs> they talking about building black and buying black and loving black businesses and starting black businesses. And they talking about all that stuff. And I've been talking about it, but it was lame for me when I was doing it. But visionary. Yeah. I, I guess. I hope, but, <laughs> but but it's cool, you know what I'm saying, to be in that space and that elevation just kind of started for me when, you know, I, I wrote a book, did that make me rich? No, um, I was comfortable then, you know, at the time, so I really wasn't sweating the money, I just wanted the word to get out. Um, but then I um, I started a clothing line called Hustle Mania, and um, I sold the company the next year. So I, you know, tore up the underground scene here and, you know, did a few pop-ups and, you know, made my bones in the apparel world. I sold a hustle made it each year. So then I was liquid to really just start investing. So then I acquired um, a piece of a tech company. It was just making moves with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But, Be strategic about it. Yeah, but I was, you know, making moves. But at the, at, at the same time, you know, who just sells a company from the hood? That ain't something that really happens. So financially, I'm transforming, you know, and saying, like, you know, it's something more than what everybody else is doing and seeing. Like, we start a business, we get rich, and then what? And you don't really have an answer to that what because you don't see it. So, but I'm seeing like a totally different realm of people, like, you know, meeting all these different folks and the stories that they're telling about what they're doing in, in their hood. You know, the the Jewish people talking about how they doing this and doing that. I'm talking to the Arabs and the Chaldean. I'm talking to all these people and I see what they doing. I'm like, something ain't right with what I'm doing. You know, because I got the ability to do something and yet I feel like I'm just kind of cheating the culture and cheating the game. So that's where the elevation just kind of started. And then, you know, I just really started paying attention to a lot of stuff like, you know, I'm paranoid. I don't even want to buy a new car because somebody going to ride me for it because that's how tight the hood is. Like, yeah. it's this bowl. Like, we we work so hard, and yet it's only a few that can get up here and still got a ceiling, and you got those that are down here, and they'll never get to where you will ever be. And it just started doing something to my soul. So that's where the elevation went, you know, and then I had a health scare. You got um, diagnosed with... um. Diabetes at 19? Yeah, so um, I've always been, you know, conscious of my health and have no idea how I, you know, came a diabetic. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm in a position where I can do what I want, go where I want, however, and I'll still get the bug. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, from that day forward, it's just really been an agenda of really reshaping the community that we come from. You know, we cannot lead ourselves unless we feed ourselves. It's just ass backwards. Um, economic development cannot work if we don't control our food distribution, our food manufacturing. If we don't control what's going on our bodies, how can anybody take us serious as a race? Mm, so all these revelations sparked the idea for Us Foods. Mm-hmm, um, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about what Us Foods is going to be, because it's going to be a little bit more than just the a grocery, grocery store, store, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like, I mean, traditionally that's the term, but mm-hmm. I just kind of call it a, a, an experience that just revolve around food because mm-hmm. it will be a grocery store, but it'll also it'll have a... black grocery Yeah, store. which is this the blackest city in America. We don't have no grocery store. That's just, that's a a token of our economic power or lack thereof when we don't feed ourselves, you know what I'm saying? We the blackest city, you know, but yeah, we don't we don't even feed our own people, you know what I'm saying? So um, it would be a grocery store traditionally. Um, and yeah, I want to press healthier living, but we still going to have the wrap snacks and that joint. We still going to have the fangos and all of that. But, you know, we want to incentive, um, you know, we want to have an incentive program for you to try the healthier options. So education is probably a key element in this store because we have to get reintroduced on how to eat to live. You know, we live to eat. And it's cool to live to eat. It's cool to, you know, eat the burger, drink the pop all day. It ain't cool to eat an apple. It ain't cool to eat a salad. I get clowned when I go out because I always order salad. Everybody like, I'm getting that steak, man. He on that trip. <laughs> but I'm going to get the salad, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking about being here, you know so I want to be here. I don't want to, you know, get rich and then die at 40, you know what I'm saying? Because and it's happening to people. It's yes. happening, you know what I'm saying? Q from Worldstar, gone. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, other people, you know what I'm saying, all diet that you can kind of tie to their diet. So we want to reintroduce how you need to really be eating. Does that mean I'm going to force it down your throat? No, but we're going to make the education available in a cool way. You got you to gotta make this cool. We cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We a cool generation. We hip. We up on game. We know how to market ourselves and market agendas. We need to be marketing this agenda. You know, not, if not for us, for our kids. So our kids don't get the early death sentences and they can have a chance to really survive and thrive and, and live a long, fruitful life. And we ain't going to do it for ourselves do it for the culture overall how much um you have a gofundme going right now mm-hmm. how much money are you looking to raise how much have you raised so far um, look, looking to raise 100 i was at 50 mm-hmm. the swipers got to me swipers though. yeah no, no so no this is, this is what happened so um i've been getting like chargebacks every day so mm-hmm. swipers were given to the campaign mm-hmm. i look at it as that it was good effort you know mm-hmm. like thank y'all for trying right like yeah. it, but it shows like people really want this to happen you know what I'm by saying any that's means by any means like the swipers cause, and I knew it was something up because I was getting like $2,000 donations and mm. I'm like it's something up to this you know mm. and then they just started coming back like chargebacks 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 so um, right now I'm at 
three grand. I went from, you know, almost 50 back down mm-hmm. to 33. I uh, want to raise 100 grand because I wanted to take to the table something with all of the different organizations and entities that's involved at this point. Uh, Motor City matches involved. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Green Grocer Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, Build Institute been working with them and a bunch of other folks. But those that are helping fund in this thing, I didn't want to go empty-handed. I wanted to take something to the table. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to be a representation of the community. And so, like, this is what I got from us. This Mm -hmm. is what I got from the people. And then I can throw what I'm going to throw on top of Mm -hmm. it. But I got this from the people just showing that they really want this to happen. They wanted there's demand for this to happen. Yeah, so I wanted to fund this, guys. Yes. I wanted to bring 100 grand to the table so that we can bankroll the rest. Swipers, we appreciate y'all efforts. You tried. However... We need y'all real money. Right. Y'all money. Please. Not somebody else's money. <laughs> not somebody else's money. <laughs> right. Not somebody else's. All the pros y'all made. Throw me a bone, man. Throw Even me if it's something. $5. Right. $5. Yeah. It's $5 more than he had. So, um, you also have something called, or a company called Urban Plug L3C. Can you tell us more about what that is and uh, what you do? Urban Plug is the parent company to us, Food Market. Um, it's a social investment company. Um, I started that last year uh, once I started trying to uh, really have a real outreach effort. Um, I started with teenagers. Um, I created a program called Boss Academy um, where I took a few teenagers under my wing that wanted to be entrepreneurs and um, um, the way that it was set up is that I loaned them five hundred dollars, and they started business, and then they just pay me back. Um, but it was in that process, you know, they would be introduced to business plans and um, introduced to other ways of funding, marketing, etc. You know, just to kind of bring them into what they really need to be doing technology-wise mm-hmm. to get the word out, brand themselves, brand their products and services. So um, I started that program through Urban Plug. That was the first thing that I did. Um, I started a stock pool as well um, because I'm, I'm trying to re- I'm trying to introduce all these different strategies and methods that other ethnicities have mastered. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to introduce that into the community. Money pooling is one of them. So I started a money pool um, um, a fall of last year where... Um, you know, whoever's up, up for the challenge, we pull our funds and then we buy a stock. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, I kind of show you the game because I'm heavy into investing in the security. So, um, you know, we all pull our money and that'll be every two weeks we contribute to a pot and then we just buy one company. But we buy as much as we can with that pool mm-hmm. and you get introduced to the concept of group economics. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you get to see how it really works that we, yeah, we've been disadvantaged as black folks, but there's other groups that have been disadvantaged too. Mm-hmm. And this is what they do to win. It's a, it's a cultural norm here. As black folks, we got to have a cultural shift. Like being business-minded isn't just for like, oh, that Raphael over there. Like being business-minded as a culture means that Everyone participates. Everyone participates. Everyone pulls their money together. Right. In this money pool, you know, I took the idea or concept from the Koreans because they do what they call K or Kai. Yeah. Where they, you know, is pretty much law. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot live in a, a Korean community in America if you do not contribute to COT. You have to put money into the pot mm-hmm. to save the community, keep the community flowing. When our when their brothers and sisters come from overseas and they need a place to stay, here here go a hundred thousand dollars that the community raised. You got to pay it back, but it this is this gonna that. get you started. You yeah. can buy you a home, start your business, and do everything you need to get off the ground and get going or if you don't want to start a business this is going to help you you know until you find that job and get your budget right and all of that this is going to get you going and you pay it back and if you don't you might as well just pack your bags and move. They're going to shame you, talk about you. Other communities <laughs> might even kill you. You know, I've heard I've heard wow. of other, I won't speak on like specifics, but I've heard of other communities that you, if you don't, if you don't pay your debt, you out of there. You know what I'm saying? Where, that's and that's, that's how they run their communities. But, you know, I won't go that far and say, let's go knock <laughs> down and, and put a price on people's head. But no, like we gotta, we have to be responsible for our come up, period. We cannot um, beg for people to help us out. We cannot beg people to understand what we're going through. We know what we're going through, and we need to be the ones to fix it, period. We need to fix it as a people. So, you know, I'm trying to introduce those different concepts to the streets so that we can buy back the block the right way, you know what I'm saying? And we can uh, buy that building, and we can turn it into the school we want it to be. Um, We can lower the rent for our grandmama and, and our aunts and uncles they ain't gotta pay poppy no more seven eight hundred dollars a month they could be paying us three and then we could float that money and then we could buy more houses and do it and still we still gonna get rich the same way economics people yeah so you know that's that's what urban plug is um but it'll be the parent company to us fools so um it's the umbrella company to just a bunch of smaller pictures all right well, this is a time for us to take a break. So, come be back. back. Hey, it's me again. If you want to check out the new kids on a more individual level, you can follow me at Jermaine Pencil, that's G-E-R-M-A-I-N-E-P-E-N-T-S-I-L. You can follow Shariah at Shariah M, that's S-H-Y-R-I-A-H-M. And you can follow Honey at Honey underscore spiffy s-p-i-f-f-y episode somebody is eating something it's usually honey this time it's Shariah but it was me last time it was her last time too with it was usually Shariah with the carrots and then you, had the taco, you had the hot cheetos and the hot cheetos oh, and the hot cheetos but we're back hey y'all <laughs> okay hey, so moving right along turn my food that's what she said <laughs> You see what I did there? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so moving along. What, um, in your journey so far, in your entrepreneurial journey, what has been the scariest part of your career? Uh, um, the, the scariest for me, um, which is just natural, um, but getting away from the, the, the street mentality of things, you know, it, it'll save your life. It'll get you, you know, where, like, how to hustle. That's just all street knowledge, right? But the, the growth has to happen. And I think that um, some people don't want you to get that. They don't want you to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of psych yourself into thinking that you shouldn't. 
So having those growing pains and like, I like parallel like goes from power with kind of like my journey where it's just like, you know, I'm trying to really bake biscuits for the projects in a real lucrative, legitimate way. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be legit and not like, not never like I've been dirty, but hustling and running a business ain't the same. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like making cash money for yourself is cool. But when you're responsible for your first employee, that's when it get real. And you can't have that street mentality then. You got to really worry about them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you got to make sure they smooth. And you got to make sure that they can eat. Because if they ain't eating, then you ain't got an employee. But, you know, a, a street mentality just be like, hey, dog, you got to get it how you live. And that ain't how you run a business. Like, your first priority when running a business is not you. It's one, the customer to everybody that works for you, you gonna be the last of that list. So yeah. getting out of that street mentality is all, it's been probably the scariest, but that's law. Like you gotta get elevate and you gotta grow. You know what I'm saying? And just kind of be inclusive, which is scary as well because people ride your wave and don't really wanna work. Or people really, they'll pump fake and tell you they're useful when they really useless. I was just going to ask you that. Like, have you ever encountered a scenario where somebody's like, oh, yeah, man, this is a great idea. I want to do this or I'm going to help you out with this. Or they so quick to jump in and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But when it comes time for them to do it, they know where to be found. And how do you handle that? Grocery store. I mean, you know, which was it. it well, see, that stuff, it presents itself to you. You know, when, if you're a thinking person, you ask, well, why haven't you done it already? So, you know, when I when I made the initial campaign of I'm going to open a grocery store, I was upfront and honest and said, look, I don't know nothing about this industry. Mm-hmm. So don't expect me to, you know, just spring this up six months. Like, mm-hmm. I got to go find the help. I got to go find the experts because I ain't one of them. You know what I mean? But then everybody from the wood were like, dog, I, I know how to do that. I know how to do this, do this, do this, do this. And, you know, orig- you know originally, I, I'm one of those. I kind of like take it there so like I ain't gonna argue with you like if we in a club or something you know you you popping off I'm just gonna I'm gonna say probably the most disrespectful thing so we can get to it you know F your mama or something so (laughs) what you gonna do about that let's get there speaking of the club when has been or where has been the most awkward experience or awkward moment that somebody has tried to talk business with you uh Ain't really no awkward moments. Um, the club is always awkward. I mean, I mean, I guess you say, you know, if you out and about in the social setting having fun, uh, you know, one or two drinks, you know, kind of change the dynamic of that conversation. <laughs> your words start slurring. Start, your, word, you know? your words slurring, and then it just, it, it come off like, it's like sexual or something. And it's like a dude... <laughs> One he got it because it's loud music. Yeah, it's so like he got to be close. He got to get up close up <laughs> on you, and you know it's like he trying to heart to heart talk to you. And I'm like, dude, bro, what you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, here take my number, and then it's like you, you go back to that train of thought. Like, nah, I don't want to give you my number, bro. But that's probably the, the most awkward space is, is when you, you know, trying to have fun. Yeah, and, 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 in a bad and, and you, something. Yeah, you popping yeah. off. Right? So weird. You know, like my my hours. Is, and that's another thing that's you know learning to turn it off because mm, very important you know if you don't you just go all night in that train never stop but if I'm nine to 
to 5, I don't want to hear that after 9 to 5, bro. Like, if, yeah. we, if we supposed to be turning up and chilling, I don't want to hear that. And people always kind of get there, you know what I'm saying? And then it's, like, you oh, know. Since I got you here, let right, me, like, let me, we're in the middle of the club. Let me kick I'm it. in the I'm middle of taking a shot. And you talking business. Right, man. I'm, I'm looking at that booty over there. I'm <laughs> trying to talk, man. And then you close and you touching all It's high, yeah. Like, pulling my shirt now, my neck ain't right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to be around all that. But, you know, and, that's, and, and I guess, you know, I guess I do got awkward experience. You know, it, have, I don't know if y'all had this, you know, in, in, you, in you all's journey, but somebody hit you up. DM whatever and I'm real personal so I don't really you know I answer my I answer my DMs mm-hmm. inboxes etc cause I'm still humble I ain't no star or nothing like that which if you are a star you still should but my my platform hasn't gotten out of control to where it's like I need people to do it for me mm-hmm. I'm gonna answer my DMs I'm gonna answer my inboxes so somebody said do I really wanna you know build with you do I like what you're doing and then they start running off everything you ain't doing right mm-hmm. when you meet them and it's just like nah what you need to be doing is this and I can I'm like bro that, that ain't how this work like no you yeah you act, you know. we talked about that before too about like people who aren't qualified to mm-hmm. nitpick at what you do and they think they are and it's like no your, your business is in the trash but you know what <laughs> I think what's worse than that though is somebody hitting you up on a business tip and then they take it way left and be like so so can we go out yeah like are you single like what like I'm seeing this cash go on my bank account right? you know what and that, that that's that that happens all the time you know that's <laughs> you know I mean you know I, I don't my personal business my personal business so I don't post that publicly yeah. so um, I'm kind of setting myself up for that but you know you just gotta turn it off when it happens yeah. you know what I'm saying like you know um, like with me personally like when I started doing the Make the Hood Great Again hats it was always chicks in my DM and whatever. Like, I want a hat, you know what I mean? And can I get some free swag? Can I get a hat? Oh no, they what really, I gotta do for a hat? Yeah, they be yeah, you know. So you know, for me, it's more so like, like you know, you, need to pay this you gotta you gonna have to pay that chicken. Like, drop that hot cash app link. Be like, there you go, baby. There you, go. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I got a website for a reason. Like, it's all it all it always turns into well, I don't want to buy it online. I want to buy it from you and I'm like well this is buying it for me yeah girl. that's definitely buying it for me so nah I ain't really with that nah you gotta you gotta this pay-per-view you gotta spend that up front and then if you spend it and then I'm gonna tell you yeah we can meet up at the and you never do it you know but yeah that's yeah that's that's what you run into is just always something because most everybody a hustler not a day until you really you know uncover them and then you really see what's going on yeah. That happen all the time. So, what's been, at least thus far, what's been the most rewarding part of your career? Uh, right. Well, I thought how the hustle was rewarding. Um, which I mean, it still is. That that that's what started all this mess. You know what I'm saying? I mean, writing that book and um, representing the hustlers in a different way because you know that hustler. That's your dad. Mm. That's your uncle. You know. The society, the the society um, standard for those types of people are that they're criminals and bad people, but you know they not. You you grew up with them, you know what I'm saying? So to give them that just due, because 
I'm gonna be honest with you, business school didn't do it for me, but the hustlers did it for me. You know what I'm saying? They really showed me formally and informally the game. So to be able to tell that story without being judged and really have a real platform to do so, you know, going to different colleges and being invited different th- different places and all of that to go out and about and really tell this ghetto story about that dude riding up the street in the Bentley in the slums and how he did it and what I pulled from it and you respect it. Yeah. I love it. I think that gives you a sense of authenticity, too, because a lot of times we have people who um, come from a different atmosphere and they try to sell that story of, oh, yeah, I came from the hood or I came from, you know, the slums and I did this and I did that. And you can always tell when they're inauthentic and it it comes across in their message. It comes across. Yeah, it comes (laughs) across. I mean, we deal with culture vultures in the city right now. You have people who are trying to take the city and squeeze it dry, and but at the same time they're telling you, "Yeah, I'm for I'm all for Detroit. I'm pro Detroit. I'm like, which Detroit are you really putting on your back? Yeah. Where? Yeah, they Where selling this. They selling their story. Like my biography is not in that book right. at all. I don't even really reference myself at all. I, you know, I really love Machiavelli's The Prince, and that was kind of the blueprint that I followed in writing how to hustle, real concise. Um, straight to the point intentionally confusing because you really gotta be a special mind to understand what's written in those words so um, I took all of that in stride and I, but I really looked at myself and said do I want to sell myself or do I want to really sell a lifestyle that people don't really respect or don't really want to admit they do it's kind of like porn like it's a billion dollar industry that don't nobody, nobody want to admit they, that they invest mm-hmm. their time into. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to crack that egg for the hustlers because you either got people who glorify it but don't live it, people who lived it or live it and want to run from it. And it's like, don't run from it, just turn the corner. And then that's your story. You look at, you know, the God MC Jay-Z, and he can still to this day, he can meet Barack Obama, shake his hand, and then talk about how he sold cocaine in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Do it, too. We can do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That'll make you a bad guy. That'll make you a guy looking for a way. Or make you a woman looking for a way. You found your way. You found your bag. And now you can sell yourself in a different light. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? And that's probably the most rewarding thing. But just the love overall, like, of um, not just us food, but... Everybody saying, I'm finna do something. I ain't finna open the store with you. I got my own dreams, and we can all walk in the door together. Mm-hmm. And everybody just hit. Like, I, I love those DMs where it's like, I kind of got this idea, and I like how you approached it, and I'm kind of scared, but just the idea. And then it's like, why well, I ain't think of that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's coming out now where you're seeing all these people with these dope ideas and concepts. And and a lot of this stuff don't really need a lot of money. Like, jars didn't need no money. You yeah. know what I'm talking about that? Like, how much did that really cost? 500 at best, you know, to get the jars. But look at the experience you get out of it. That's priceless. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So everybody woke. And I think that we chasing that conscious capital now. We know we want to make money, but we know we want to help 
and and then the money gonna come. Yeah, and that's right. the most rewarding. So speaking of that help, what advice would you give to those who want to start their own business or want to make that switch from their nine to five to being a full time entrepreneur, or if they want to take on that side hustle? Um, do it. That that's the the number one key. But do it with a plan. Um, I know that it's, it's no one advertises the headache of business. Mm-hmm. Nobody advertises that. It's always that. glorified. It's always the aesthetics of it or the end result, you know, once you really made that flip or whatever. But it's hell, and it ain't easy. It's hard. Um, it's a headache. It's stressful. But if you made for this, you're going to love it because it ain't no different than you going to a job you hate. You still go and do it. Yeah. So... You you gonna have to get it and you gonna have to get dirty. You know what I'm saying? And, and stop making excuses on why you can't do it or stop letting life get in the way of it. You know, continue to be that little kid that you always been because kids gonna try stuff. Mm-hmm. Continue to be that kid and don't give up and do stuff because you know. And and, and, the, and from that, just be cool. Like I had to, you know, stop being that closeted wrestling fan and start hustle mania. I didn't want to admit that I love wrestling. Everybody loved WWE. I didn't want to admit that I, every time they in the city, I go. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I had to hide that because, like, some around these hood rats, man, these hood rat <laughs> friends of mine and family, and they, like, they talking about clubbing, popping bottles, and I'm like... I want that new wrestling belt that just came out, bro. I want to go to WrestleMania, you know what I'm saying? And I talk about that, and I'm like, I did the design when I first did it, and I'm just still second-guessing should I even do it. And then once I... I said, I'm gonna put it on my own. I'm just gonna dress myself, mm-hmm. and it went so crazy. It was oh, like it's hard. It's hard. What are you getting in? That's how it starts. I'm like, learn from my mistake. Don't ever second guess it. Mm-hmm. Do that. Do it. Don't don't think it's corny. Don't you know? Do it because now it's something for everybody, and we got this thing called the internet where you know you can directly go straight to your consumer. And you ain't got to go through the weeds and and get ridiculed and play where you can go right to your following just like that. And then you're going to be blessed once you do it. So that's the only advice I can give because I don't like taking advice from people any because, you know, you run into what we was just talking about where Mm -hmm. people that's unqualified, they give advice. Yeah, they love telling you what you should be doing. Yeah, go go do it. Go get it. Make your mistakes. Lose some money. You know, have that headache because you're going to be blessed when, when it turn back around. You know. So with everything that you have going on, how do you stay inspired or how do you maintain your balance? Uh, balance, that's hard. I don't got no answer for that one. <laughs> that ain't, that's real, you, though. That's I don't, real. I don't think you ever get balance. And, you know, I was just talking to y'all, right, about turning it off. But I, I'm lying to y'all. I, I can't turn it off. Like, nine to five. <laughs> oh, I check I my try. email all I, day, every yeah, day. Yeah, you know, like, I'll be, you know what I'm saying? I might be with my lady, and she always, man, you don't ever put that phone down. You just, <laughs> and I'm just like... You know, sorry. You know what I'm saying? But, but with the phone still in your hand. Right. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, going back to that point of uh, how does, you know, how do I stay inspired is just um, using the my ability to pick who I want in my life and pick the following that I really want to be around social media wise. And that's just been an inspiration because I'm seeing so many people like me 
forget financial class and net worths and all of that. I'm seeing driven people that really want to change what's going on. I see a, a generation of disruptors ain't afraid to die, ain't afraid to take the ultimate chance and know, like, if I die, I'm going to die with my head up high. If I if I lay it all into this venture and it failed, I'd have fun doing it. And I'm going to be okay with whatever comes after that. I see that every day now, and I'm just so blessed to be a part of this generation. Yeah. But all was going on is some effed up stuff going on in the world. But we finna fight it. We finna fight it. We fighting it now, but that left hook coming. You know what I'm saying? Like it's probably like round six. You know what I'm saying? And we're a little tired. We probably got knocked down a few times, but that left hook finna come and it's finna be so crucial when it do and it's finna come with all our all of our ancestors blood sweat and tears <laughs> and you know Nat Turner with us and Rosa Parks with us and Martin Luther King with us everybody that done laid it down for us and fought for us they they behind us and they really they I, I think we making them proud yeah I think we really putting on for them and making that conversation um, be known publicly and visibly you know we weren't talking about food that's like that time made that post that's just me coming humbly like um, we got a homegirl in Compton who started the grocery store or whatever she wouldn't have never got no light if it wasn't for me you know and I'm happy with that I'm happy with that because we wasn't talking about black-owned grocery stores until yeah. I said I want to open one. Even though it's a problem that faces it every day. Yeah, we was not talking about it until I made that an issue. And now we ain't just talking about black grocery stores. We're talking about black ownership, period. And our because we ain't just the only black city, we yeah. just the blackest city, but they having that conversation in Compton. They having that conversation in Harlem. They having really? that conversation in Tulsa. They having that conversation all around the country where the land is for the taking. We gotta go get it. Yeah. We gotta go get it. And you know, me starting this campaign started that, but then you got other people that has been doing it before me too, and it's all coming for a circle where we ready to go get it. We ready to go get it. We hungry, we young, we got the energy. We don't give a fuck no more, and we finna go get it. And we about to go get it, period. So thinking about Detroit and Detroit in the future, where do you think um, our generation is needed most to make that shift and to make that change? Um, where we, we, I think it start economically. Um, I want to say politically before that, but I'm just not up on politics. Mm -hmm. So I really can't really vouch for it or endorse it. And that's just a scary subject for me mm -hmm. too. Like, you it's know, a lot. The games, the yeah, games they, yeah. the games they play in, in the, 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 the role that they really occupy in our lives. Mm. It really ain't something and that I'm. Control is just. Yeah, it's just something I really ain't. You know, I'm just not really with it. But somebody got to do it. It's just not me. But it, it started with our dollars. We really have to really show what our parents failed to do. Our grandparents maybe have done and, you know, probably got disrupted doing. We got the perfect table set for us mm -hmm. to really do it un, without interruption, without disruption. People really don't care because they really don't think we can do it. 
and we really need to really pull our money together and really start showing in mass numbers that we mean business. You know, buying back the block that need to that don't need to be a phrase no more. That need to be a way of life. Action. You know what I'm saying? Be about that action. Be about that action. Like in other elements too, like farming. Like we the first generation that won't have a footprint farming. This the first generation of black people who, if if all else failed, if every horrible grocery store in the hood, all the fast food spots, if they closed down and left the city, we won't have nothing because we don't even grow our own stuff. We the first generation in that position. So we got to stop playing on those fronts as well. And we really just got to channel our money to take care of our needs. We need to find a way to bank our money. We need to find a way to feed ourselves. We need to find a way to produce our own drugs. You know, we need pharmacies. We need medical facilities. We need pharmaceutical companies. We need to, you know, take control of our our real estates. We need real estate firms. We need to occupy Wall Street. So we need to get into this stock game. We need to take care of our essential needs. And then the clothing line makes sense. Then the record label makes sense. All of the fly stuff that we want to go with first, that stuff will have a ground of support when we take care of our needs. Then we can do all of those novelty things because our creators have a plan B. If all else fails, I know I can go back to us food market and get my job back. And I know I could be a a real asset there. Or I know I can go to the neighborhood pharmacy and get my job back that I worked for 10 years and I just took my chance on myself and they let me go with open arms and then they gonna welcome me back with open arms if it fail. We really need to build that security and that economic security before we move forward. So we had a guest tell us that she hated this question, so I'm going to ask a variation of it. Um, what is the next big step for you um, career-wise and then where do you see yourself at the end of your career? Um, my next big step, honestly, um, I want to. I want to get in the. I want to get in the women business. I really want to invest in women. Um, needs beauty products, etc. Beauty supplies and all of that. I really want to get into that um, next, and I think that'll be more fulfilling than this grocery store stuff. <laughs> honestly, because I. I mean, honestly, because I really just. I just love. What I'm seeing from our our black women just hustling so hard, yeah. they outdoing the men in so many ways, but they're like the biggest consumers of stuff that they really need to be buying, um, you know, buying in bulk and selling. So I want to get into that field, really investing in women, and you know, let's open that 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 beauty supply franchise, that beauty salon franchise. Let's create a hair manufacturing company and all of that. I just want to get into the business of women next, mm-hmm. you know. And where I see myself at the end of my career, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I want to Rockefeller it out. I want to give it all away. Mm-hmm. I want to give. I want to make so much money and, and that's another thing for people don't think that you wrong if you're a capitalist no you can still chase that bag but you can do it consciously but I want to run the checkup so high and then I want to just have a competition with all my friends and who can give it away the quickest like how many institutions I can build how many schools can I 
bank. I want to have a school. I want to have a, a Raphael Wright University. I want a school named after me and all of that. <laughs> like the Rockefellers and the Carnegies, man. Hey. Like they made all that money and couldn't they couldn't spend they that all, ten yeah. lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So they like let's 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 have a contest and we 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 fought on who can make it. Now we finna fight on who can give it all away the quickest. That's where I want to end my life. I want to end my life knowing that my, my grandkids and great-grandkids can go to the school that good old grandpa made. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's where I want to end it all. Okay, so our last official question. If you could switch places with someone for one week, who would it be? Who? Uh, if I could switch... I would switch with Jay Z. I want to. Um, I want to lay. I want to lay next to Beyonce. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, your girlfriend don't. <laughs> she know how I feel about it. <laughs> no, but no, no. Um, but it, that is the person I would switch with mm-hmm. because you know, like four, four, four. Really, it, it, it did something to me, mm-hmm. and everything that he's talking about is everything that I'm talking about, like building something for the family. You know what I'm saying? And I want to, I want to switch with him because I want to hear what those conversations are like. Like, what are you telling Blue and the other yeah. two? You know, um, how are you grooming them? And what are, what are the conversations like? What are the conversations like with your wife? Like, how do you all plot the next move? What are you all doing? Because I've been seeing a lot of like undercover great stuff that they done kind of did. Yeah, and you yeah. know, they they are kind of like the pinnacle of like black ridicule because they on the top of the mountain. But I see a lot of good stuff that come from them. I wanna I wanna be in them conversations. Like what are y'all doing? And what are y'all saying? How are y'all maneuvering around this? Because they're not just talking about talking yeah. about it; they're making it happen. And they don't. We don't even see a lot of that recognition because both Beyonce and Jay Z deny accepting like charitable awards, like yeah. awards for giving away so much money. They deny those awards, so we don't even get to see how but much like, money they actually donate, who they donate to, with the formation scholars. Like we exactly. did the whole, you know, um, I think it's like four or five universities, mm-hmm. um, and that that alone is like amazing. Exactly. And they running a, a streaming platform that is equally competitive. I don't care what nobody say. Equally competitive to an Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Equally competitive to a Spotify. They competitive they, my bank account. <laughs> and, and they bankroll in their way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's like you can't beat that. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's who. If I can get one week in in those shoes, I would get it. Not from just you know the 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 success standpoint and all of that, but I want to see what's going on in the home you know what I'm yeah. saying like you know even with the with the F up you know what I'm saying with him doing what he did and got caught up and all of that like what's the conversation now I would love to be a fly on the wall between conversations between him and Blue yeah, because <laughs> I know she got. Oh yeah, I know she giving him talk back. She's probably asking why daddy, why daddy did every single thing. What's this mean? What's, What's this that? Mean? Yeah. And he's probably Who is that? Hella knowledge on that little girl. Yeah, yeah. Why are we yeah. here? 
I couldn't imagine like my mom would be in Beyonce, my like, daddy being Jay Z, my auntie is Solange. Look, my my grandma, grandma is, is, is <laughs> and my that's dad, my, my real baby. Matthew knows, like, you know, he he problematic, but, but that's a hell of a businessman. But that's my real Solange is my real baby mama. Like, I really don't <laughs> like, like my boyfriend. Yeah, I, I really don't really you know f with Beyonce in that way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, Solange is queen. I don't want to. I don't want to switch with her husband. I don't know what they talking about. They look, look like they just some hippies out here and they doing Actually, they, they he's just a, he's a videographer yeah videographer director fine art they yeah, yeah so that, that, you know like that like I would I would prefer the Jay-Z seat because I can tap into that salon mm-hmm. situation and get their feedback and all now like, I want to see how that engine is rolling like yeah. just the whole note my, harder in I got yeah. my friends from the block and we sitting we on yachts and we doing our thing you know what I'm saying I would take that I would say Meek Mill too but Meek Mill still got that he got that hood rat in him still he still got a little growing to do yeah so but that's why I would switch with the show okay so that about wraps it up for our formal part of the interview we want to thank you for coming of course dropping knowledge on us sharing your space with the new kids um yeah, drop all your social media website, how people get in contact with you if they want to. How they donate. Yeah. Go find me, oh, all that right. good stuff. Right, so, my main outlet of communication is my website. Uh, that's rafawright.com, R A F A W R I G H T.com. From there, um, I'm heavily active on all social media platforms, except for Snapchat. Um, I'm going to get there. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of hesitant because I don't know the, the game. But I'm going to get there. Uh, but I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Pharaoh underscore Rafa. That's F-A-I-R-O, not the conventional way of spelling it. F-A-I-R-O underscore R-A-F-A. That's Twitter and Instagram as well. I'm on LinkedIn, too. Um, I'm also on WeWork. That's downtown. Um, they have, like, a, a social media outlet as well. WeWork and Monica can say that on the podcast. Where I work. Anyways, keep going. Right, so I'm, <laughs> um, I'm rocking with all of that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's where you find me. Yeah, hit the DM, hit my email, um, you know, all that stuff you can find on the website. I always respond back. Um, I'm always open, always available. Um, let's try to stick with nine to five, though. Don't hit me up afterwards. <laughs> um, I'm really trying to change, so um, I want to put my phone down a little more, but uh, that's where I'm at. Um, all ways to contribute to this campaign of opening the grocery stores on my website as well. But the main contribution uh, platform is GoFundMe. Um, you can find my grocery store campaign on GoFundMe. Um, I do got PayPal and Cash App too. Hit me up if y'all want to give that. A few people did give that way. Um, but that's that's let's do this. Um, if you got an idea. Um, don't sit on it because we got to go and walk to the we have to walk to the mountaintop together um, I cannot be the only person fighting for something we all got to fight for something and we all got to go so um, let's build let's make this happen let's make history real and of course we are the new kids you can find us on twitter at the new kids llc as well as instagram the new kids llc (laughs) um we are on soundcloud and itunes and um, facebook and facebook as long as soundcloud keeps existing yes as long as soundcloud is still there i think they smooth for for the meantime (laughs) let's hope so um so yeah 
follow us, check us out, hit us up. If you want to be a guest, you can email us at thenewkidsllc at gmail.com. And if you're interested in advertising, yes. we are now yeah. advertising uh, 30 second, 60, 30 to 60 second advertisements on the podcast, as well as social media posts and social media advertising. So hit us up. About you can that find, too. yeah, you can find more information about our advertising and how to get in contact with us about that on our Twitter and Instagram. So, as always, um, the new kids are out, guys. Bye. Bye.